you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on any of our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, at Live on Four Legs Podcast, and on Twitter, at Live on Four Legs Pod. don't you forget it now. don't want no trouble, but keep pushing it, and baby, you get it now. Listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience, featuring Mr. Stone Gossip. Fucking camera in the truck. Welcome to Live on Four Legs, a definitive live Pearl Jam podcast, and thank you for coming back once again, or if you're a new listener, welcome. And uh, what we do every episode is we cover a different Pearl Jam show from their live catalog. So last week, we did a 2011 Costa Rica show. The week before that, we did a 2013 Argentinian show. This week, obviously, there's a little bit of a theme there. We are traveling to Mexico City as there are two stops left on our Around the World series. Mexico City today and then next week. We finish it off going up north to Canada for a little bit of binaural. And it has been a long trip. And 2020 didn't really help uh, (laughs) making making it shorter, making it feel like it wasn't um, less of a journey. But uh, here we are at the end here, just about to finish out the year. So Randy Sobel over here, John Farrar over there. Hello. Um, yeah, so what do you think? Like two episodes left in this series. We've been working on this for so long, and now we've finally gotten to Mexico. We're really down home, home stretch now. Yeah, I mean, we've been looking forward to these all year. It's going to be great. And, and this show is really, you know, you, you think of the 2003 shows and you think, you know, three shows in a row, and yeah, it's, it's special they went down to Mexico. It's like really their debut for Mexico, but it's not because they were actually down there for a show in 1992 in Tijuana. And that was kind of in between, I don't know, like random shows that may like before pink pop, they were just starting to, I don't even know where they closing their own shows yet. Like I I feel like on and off they were. 
That one would have been who. That one would have been one to be at though. If anybody yeah, was there, get in, get in touch because tequila I'm going sure around. One, yeah, that one was interesting. That that's one that we don't have any info for. So no, no, we're gonna have to get the get the LO4L detective crew on it. Mm, we have a lot of outstanding cases. We would love to open no. that one up. So uh, yeah, if you do have any information, if you were there, you know, there's always the email. Just hit us up live on four legs podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, but today we're gonna do one that has a lot of information that's been talked about and passed around and and viewed throughout the years, and that's uh, the third night of Mexico City in two thousand and three. Like I said, three nights anywhere is usually pretty special. And you think about what else they did three nights for in 2003, it's right up there. You know, these these Mexico City shows are pretty freaking good. And I think, and this is why we wanted to do the Around the World series, just put it on people's radars that these are good shows, good boots, good stuff to listen to. Because even in the Pearl Jam lore, a show like this could get lost among all the East Coast, all the Seattle, all the San Diego, all that kind of stuff that, you know, people talk about that is just solely in the States. There's good stuff everywhere, guys. These shows are important. I mean, you, you, you think about shows that are at the end of a tour. Those are always special. And, like, I think, too, this probably was a catalyst for them going because they went back to Mexico City in 2005. This was might have been a catalyst for that 2005 South American tour. They had so much fun. The crowds were great. So that might have been kind of a, a kind of kickstarted to them and thinking, hey, you know, we can maybe go play South America. And, we, and you know, we've talked about what that turned into. So the, this, is, this is kind of an important show for them. Yeah, it definitely doesn't, get, doesn't, doesn't deserve to be overlooked. But, you know, there's some stuff in here that's, that's really famous. I remember he, hearing about it at the time and just being like, oh, wow, that's, that's amazing. Stuff you've never seen at a Pearl Jam show before. So right. Ex- excited to get into it. I, 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 there are two moments where I can say individually they could have been the funniest moments ever on a Pearl Jam stage, uh, at any, at any show. Like that's what this show was. It was just a complete party, party atmosphere, anything goes. And, and I've heard Ed talk about stuff like this before when you kind of don't expect what's coming. Those are the best moments. Yeah, and they were in a, you could tell they were in a great mood. Again, like the end of the tour, they know they're going home. You know, they had three months off before before Ben and Roya. So, yeah, just just in good spirits, you know, that always leads to a, a nice, relaxed atmosphere and a great show. So there's some great performances here. Absolutely, and it's right in the middle of Riot Act. You get a pretty good array of just the eras. You get a lot of covers, but you also... There's no more than four songs per album, so you're looking at Yield, you're looking at Riot Act, you're looking at Ten, and they all have four songs on them. Lost Dogs, obviously there's some Lost Dogs in there that can count and, and not count towards mm-hmm. that, like Last Kiss and Lead Better. Yeah, those aren't really the Lost Dogs, so to speak, but they're on the album, so they do count. Uh, three off Vitalogy, three off Versus, two off No Code. Oh, you and, know I always look at No Code, yep. Yep, if you have even a couple off No Code, you know... Hey, that's that's at least something for the night, right? So a lot of cool stuff, and and I, I you know, this this gets mentioned a lot. That 2003 was really the first time where seeing rare stuff was gonna happen. Like they were gonna bring it up. Stuff like even to open the show here, 
this is one thing that they almost never do. And, and during the whole entire 2003 tour, they did it on the last date in the U.S. tour. That's the Homdel show. They didn't even do Wash during the Mansfield shows. That's how rare that one was at the time. But they busted out here in, in Mexico City, which makes, you know, it kind of gives this a little bit more emphasis. We talk about that all the time, how a song like Wash, you're like, oh boy, we're in for a ride. And right away, like, that's the kickoff to the show. And it's a pretty just driving version. This is... This isn't like one of those 91, 92 opens where, you know, you got a couple of people in the club. This is like 25,000 people are just ready to explode. And the band is just all all in with them. We told the story a long time ago when we did the Hamdal episode. Like I was mentioning, they hadn't done it since, I think it was mid-2000 tour, that final tour they played it. Uh, but it was like 70 shows, something some odd number like that. And Ed didn't know the lyrics, so he had to write the lyrics on the pizza box, and he read them off the pizza box for that show. This one, it was like they played it every night up until this point. Like, they felt like they were on fire. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. It just keeps building and building and building. The the, the outro part, the, the solo is really, really great. It's one of the best versions of Wash. I heard it. It destroys that humble version. Everything with this, like from the low blue tinted lights and just Ed's voice at the end going into just near perfection, just a lot of a lot of 2003, his voice is, is just in that perfect spot where he's still able to scream, he's still able to get you that, you know, that rugged edge to it. And it just sounds, it sounds so good. And the crowd is, is completely appreciative of it. And you know that a lot of people that are there you know, the first two nights that are there for the last one, they know, okay, this is the one where we're going to see some stuff that maybe the guys in the States have never seen before. And look, right off the bat, right? Wash my love. Wash my love. This section kind of getting you off of the of the opener here, Evolution and the Save You into Given a Fly, very solid three songs. What do you got here? Because it's just like I'm all in on this show, back and forth with Ed's voice sounds fresh. It sounds growly. Even at the end of the tour, it sounds perfect. Um, Mike sounds perfect. Stone sounds perfect. And Mike and Jeff are just finding energy together, feeding off of each other. The band even in, in spots, just feeding off together, you know? Oh, yeah, Evolution just rips. I mean, how many times have they, have they started washing to do the Evolution? Like, that's that's not a that's combo that I, I knew that I needed, but it is great. And, of course, Save You, like, we've talked about that a bunch. We've been doing some some This Era shows, and Save You is 
I think becoming one of my one of my favorite songs of theirs. It's rocketing up the list and like it's un- so underrated. Stone just rocking out on this. Ed sounds great. Just again, really great version of Stadium. You know, this is the time to get it. It's it's near perfect. It's it's better than the album version, which you can say about a lot, but especially for this time. But again, this this front section just rips. And then you get something like Given to Fly. That's that's you get kind of that soaring song early it's gonna get this crowd going crazy and that part at the end to save you just bringing up save you again yeah the help yourself like oh man <laughs> when ed's on he's on and this is a song that they played every single night on this tour and there's a reason why it's because they fucking felt it they didn't play help help every night they didn't play ghost every night they didn't play get right every night they played save you every night because it's just a banger of a freaking song and this is just when you want to get the crowd feeling it into it real early you, you got a really good three song combo here to get you kind of going get you kind of moving and, and it really works out so well and uh it'll you know it'll translate well to to the rest of the set you know the rest of the set kind of mimics that energy as well and uh right here you kind of get your break in the middle in between give it a fly corduroy ed speaks a little bit of spanish basically says the spanish isn't very good but he kind of gets through a few sentences uh you're our translator here so what did you take if you were able to take anything out of it he says este es el último día de la gira y fue aquí con ustedes just this is the last day of the tour, and it was here with you. He says that you know the show's being broadcast to all of Latin America, and I think he says something about oh you know we're 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 in all of their living rooms or something. It's and they you know anytime he does that kind of thing, it gets a big crowd reaction because you know they're excited to because you know a lot of bands probably don't bother like we've talked about before on this series. A lot of bands probably don't take the time to like speak in their own language, so it's a nice touch that they add to these. Yeah, for sure, absolutely, and and again bringing up the fact that, you know, it's the last day of the tour. It ends here with you. Uh, he speaks very well and very highly of, of Mexico. We'll talk about that in a little while. It just, you know, it feels like they never want this tour to end. And, you know, considering mm-hmm. that we've done how many 2003 shows in the last couple months? Like four, five? Yeah. A lot. It's been a lot. So we don't seem to want it to end either uh but yeah like all great stuff they're in a great mood and uh it's going to get you into a combo of crop duster corduroy uh mike and matt sound really good on crop duster that's what i took out of that and um some of the little things that on crop duster that you know kind of take for granted with mike sometimes like just little interludes that come uh right after the course you know that little that that kind of part like they just sounded right on the money crop duster is not a song i think about too often it's not a song that resonates with me a lot but this they were pretty on with this it felt like a really good version yeah it sounds great and yeah they're he's they're getting to the point where yeah you're at the end of this tour they they can add those little flourishes and little touches of things that they know work because he can be like oh you know we did this and then this one thing and I remember and we tried this by the end of the tour they've got all that stuff down so yeah Crop Duster is again another one from that that first half of Riot Act that's I think really underrated it should should be played a lot more than it is Mike has a great solo too it feels like that's one that if you hear nowadays they're kind of they're going through the motions with it a little bit they want to play it because they kind of want to be able to remember it and 
this feels like, okay, we've been playing it almost every other night. We're on with it. We're, we're tight with it. And Mike is just crushing the solo. And it feels, feels like a more sped-up rendition, you know? It feels together, not in the same way that an even flow sped up or a state of love and trust is sped up, where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you lose a little bit of the song. This brought a little bit of power into the song. And if you look at the set list, like starting with Evolution, Evolution Save, You've Given the Flag, Crop Duster, then the, the four after it, you look at this on paper and you're like, oh, Crop Duster doesn't fit. Like, that's that's weird. That's but not in, true, though. In the flow of everything, yeah, it, it fits in with these really well. I thought it, it, it holds its own with these uh, with these other big songs that are coming I, up after. Yeah, I, I I don't... I didn't even look at it on paper. I, I thought it was fine. I, yeah. I kind of like that because even Given a Fly takes you down a little bit from from save you it's it's a different energy than save you is it's not going into a hell hell or an animal where it's just kind of keep keep it rolling keep it keep it kind of kind of heavy um it, it kind of it takes you into a different mentality and even the break in between them it's a good way to section it off um but yeah i, I had no problem with it i had no problem with it at all it works so well, well i'd love a- to hear crop duster someday i know they never played anymore but it if I, if I got to see it, I'd be so excited. It, I've seen it once, my first yeah. show. That yeah. is a one and done for me. So you just never know. You never know. Hopefully someday. I got I got no notes on Corduroy because I wrote nothing down. But <laughs> Again, I mean, the same thing. Like you said, Cameron at the end just just destroying it. Like yeah. he, he, this is where he was kind of making this song his own. Like it's it's so good to hear. Like him, him and Mike, they were kind of locked in together. I think like by the, the end of this tour and like when like when you can get a lead guitar player and a drummer in sync like that your special things are going to happen. Yeah, I agree with that. And you know, they're both extremely immensely talented musicians. Oh, yeah. Corduroy is what band on an arena rock stage isn't going to want to play a song like Corduroy every night. It gets you fired up. It gets the crowd amped up. It's it's a perfect song. There's not a lot yeah. of songs. Yeah in the history of music that you could say there's absolutely nothing wrong with quarter is a perfect song and not just that it's a perfect live song too. So, um, that takes us immortality wish list section here. And these are probably two of the standouts of the main Man. set, uh, going back to Mike again. This is just, this is Mike central with this solo and just a <laughs> standout moment.
writers out. You know, this whole we should mention too. This whole show's on YouTube because it was, you know, obviously we talked about being broadcast all across the the continent. So it's a good watch. There, there's it's like pro shots. It's really good. So you get to see the crowd all bring take breaking out of their lighters during immortality. It's fantastic. And they they do a little jam at the end, which is really nice. Like to get immortality this early, especially after corduroy, that is, that is special. Yeah, I you know he just looks possessed. He has that possessed yeah. look on him even before he gets into the solo. He's kind of, he's kind of got that face like his head up in the clouds kind of deal, and he's just he's feeling something sinister. He's, something something evil is gonna come out of it, and, and he just freaking he takes over. Finish off with Matt where it kind of just builds, and Matt just takes over at the end, and uh, yeah, that's just one you want on the set every single night. Yeah. Great, great night three song. Wishlist, a few lyric changes in Wishlist, uh, a bit of an improvisation musically. What'd you think of that? A little raw in a way, I thought. Love it. I mean, Wishlist 2003 is is great. Like we've been, like we talked about, we've been doing so many versions. It's fantastic. And this is one too. I think in the in the PJ20 book, Mike actually mentions this. He he says, "Oh, I remember there was there was like some." some lighter action going on and the crowd is actually like pumping their fists like with, yeah. like with the lighters and like it's kind of like they come on and then they go off and they come on like they're kind of flickering in like a like a fist pumping motion is really cool to see and yeah ed's little like solo that he gets is great he kind of like goes off and does a cool little thing and yeah the the improv at the end i thought it was fantastic i i love wishlist in 2003 yeah, he's improving the lyrics there. He's improving something around, you know, wish we wouldn't have to go back home, and uh, that's going to be brought into a little bit of improvisation a little later too. Yeah, it's a recurring theme, like we talked about. Yeah. Bigger spotlight, you know. There, it's not. It's a lot of it has to do with Mexico and how popular, how big that crowd was those first two nights, and how how much energy they brought. And already, like seven or eight songs in, they're bringing you the same type of energy. But man. It's also, it's that, hey, we're, we're, we're not going to be on tour after this. This is our last date. Like, we'd be sad to go home from anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And we talked about it, too, with Costa Rica last week, how that stadium maybe wasn't 100% full. From what from what you read, this one, for all three of these shows, this thing was packed to the rafters, sold yeah. out all three nights. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Wishlist kind of has that moment where, you know, when they when they keep improving on it, they, it the song just kind of never ends it's that you know the the songs that fade out on the album they try to figure out how to extend live just does a perfect job of just kind of finding its way and and feeling it out and the band kind of feeling it too from 2003 is just it's the icing on the cake it's an incredible moment you're obviously going to get it every single show but 
you get it nowadays and you know what you're expecting, but this is kind of, this is peak even flow always. And, and that little time period that we talked about not too long ago, Nassau Coliseum, Buffalo, Albany, um, State College was around that time. All of those shows were known to have just unbelievable off-the-wall off the mic even flow solos. And I would, I would throw this, I think this is part of a, a hot streak here. Like, this is... This feels like it gets a little wild. He's using a slide. He's got some hammer-ons going on. He's all over the place on this. It's just incredibly difficult to pull this up. Yeah, I'm going to mention, too, if you if you love behind-the-back guitar playing, um, go watch the show because it happens more, yeah. than, more than a few times. Yes, but he's, he, he immediately starts off behind the back, and then you're kind of like, okay, this is going to be just kind of a regular, kind of generic Hendrix kind of solo. Nope. But then, like, halfway through, like you said, he goes over to his amp and picks up the slide. Then he starts going, doing that thing where he, like, throws his head back, starts holding those notes, like, really starts feeling it. That, that I think, is when it kind of took off a little bit. And then you've got, you know, you've got Ed doing some shenanigans. Uh, over to the he right before he comes back and sings like takes a swig from the wine bottle takes a drag from the cigarette rushes up to sing like at the last minute dramatic kind of even flow which is great and then he he does the, you get the whole crowd doing the like when they come back in the chorus they yeah yeah like, right every you can you can hear everyone in the crowd yelling it is a, it was a very cool moment just one little point that I want to bring up about Mike in 2003 and really how this kind of became the year to start watching Mike not that the other years weren't but he's just he's more of a showman now like you want to be on his side I feel like this is the era where Mike's side and Stone side kind of becomes a thing and, and people gravitate towards Mike's side for moments like even flow and porch and black and, and even immortality and stuff like that like that's you know Mike is a little bit shyer like he's he's dealing with with uh, drugs and alcohol, he's dealing with Crohn's colitis, like, he's dealing with a lot of things, and he's not as much of a showman before this year. I feel like he really puts it all together in 2003 to become somebody to just watch and just be in love. Yeah, he, I mean, he was getting clean, he was getting the, the Crohn's under control, I think he was getting some treatment and everything, so, yeah, I mean, it, it it's, you know, it's interesting, like, it, if only he, we could go back and get him that stuff earlier, like, you know, who right. knows what we, we, we missed.
getting back into the set list here. Uh, there's no break. There's no hat tip to Mike. That's that's pretty rare where Ed doesn't stop for a second and say, that's Mike McCready on guitar over there. So that's how you know that they're they're in a zone and they're just, they're focused and they're like, all right, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What can we get to next? And we get a duo of Riot Axe songs here. I am mind thumbing my way to kind of that, that wave, you know, this is the wave rising here mm-hmm. and the wave will break down when it comes to daughter. Uh, this is uh, a great section and just kind of great for the middle of the set. It's it's so balanced to go from even flow and even two more passionate songs like Immortality and Wishlist, building into even flow, crashing down. You get these two. Thumbing My Way sounds excellent, perfect. I Am Mine sounds great. These are the time, the era that you want to hear these songs. Yeah, it's it's a and you needed a cool down after that that four song monster that they had just played so yeah it was it was good to kind of like give everyone a, a a breath in between but yeah this is another one where i was i was waiting for i am mine i was like waiting for that solo is this going to be the one where he breaks loose and and takes it into the stratosphere but i think you're just gonna have to leave that one on ice man i know it's just but not one again, of those I, songs it's it's not i'm not complaining about it i just it it could be something more, so that's that's what I always think about with I in mind. But yeah, and, and thumbing my ways is great. You know, again, like on paper, you're like they're gonna break out like in a kind of a sit down acoustic song in the middle of this. But I thought it worked really well. It's like you said, a great version. Yeah, and and even nowadays, when you think of we had this, I, I think at the at the Atlanta show that we did uh, not too long ago thumbing my way right in the middle of the set like this but it it, again it just kind of separates and you get a couple you know daughter's gonna follow this jeremy and hunger strike they're all gonna follow this we're gonna get a get some hits to to end the set and it's just sort of preparing you it's it, it they know that there's a lot of big stuff that's gonna be you know all chunked in at the end here and even bigger stuff that's coming in the encore Let's not let's not destroy this crowd yet. Let's let's right. give them a little bit of a break because we we need them for later. And uh, boy, do they come through! But before we even get a chance to get to that, we do get daughter with a little bit of a Ben Harper tag, which has not happened too often in the history of the band. Only eight times. Obviously, we've we know the popular version. It's the MSG live at the garden version. This happens to, to be at the end of the tour though. And they do it two more times in 2006 too. So to get it is incredibly rare. With my two hands. Now you, with my two hands, gonna make it a safer not there but you know he gets the the crowd interaction he gets the clapping and it's just it's a great moment and also when you kind of predict the tags you predict wma you predict it's okay you predict another brick in the wall 
And it's just, it's another moment that you can kind of say, whoa, that was a little bit of a surprise, a little bit unpredictable, even though they did pull it out a little bit more often. Yeah, and it's really cool. I mean, the, they were, you know, it, it, they were very Ben Harper adjacent in 2003. So not surprised at all that this gets broken out here on the last night of the tour. Very cool. Yeah, a little bit of a jam and uh, just great back and forth with the crowd. You know how Ed does it. He takes control. They're all with his two hands. As, as you can say, he just had the crowd eating out of his two hands. So it just made for an awesome moment. Let's continue on with MFC and Jeremy. Of course, whenever we get MFC, we also get... It's a good version of MSC, and it's a really kind of a quick transition to to be the bridge between the two hits, which I like. I think when you get sort of the hits back-to-back, and you're going to get a section where, like you mentioned, a four-headed monster of a song earlier, you're going to get, like, the four-headed radio hit monster here. That's just insane. That's, that's like, your... Uh, for anybody that's that's the radio fan is gonna be like, whoa, that was that was intense and that was incredible. But even for the regular fan, they're gonna think, okay, that ain't happening again. But MFC is a good divider between that. A quick song, it's what two minutes long. Mm-hmm. You don't get an untitled intro or anything like that. Just boom, get you into Jeremy, get the crowd back into it, get the hitting hitting it at the end with the whoa, whoa, whoa and it's they're on top of it the whole entire time. Well, there is, we should mention too, there is someone in the band who does like to play those hits and destroy those crowds. And it, and it, it, it might have been a special day for him, so maybe he had a little very hand Very true. That. That's very true. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can mm-hmm. see that. And uh, we'll just have to wait. I don't want to spoil anything yep. because there's we'll there's good stuff to come. Stay tuned. But good little, good little duo of a section here. And then uh, Ed kind of addresses the crowd again because it's the first time that he did since uh before crop duster which is what almost 10 songs if not more and uh he invites of course the extraordinarily talented corn tucker on stage to sing the next one they're doing hunger strike it doesn't happen too often they did it all three three nights of this stretch in mexico city and they did it in Hamdal at the end of the u.s dates that year but really hunger strike is is kind of one of those eye-raising moments where you're like oh what are they bringing to the table here okay chris isn't here but if you're gonna have anybody to replace chris why the hell not corn oh my god yeah and we should mention too i think janet comes out and, and helps out matt on the drums as well you can see you're kind of in the background hanging out there but it was oh my god like her yeah i, I think it's just a, a matter of them touring together and and ed you know probably watching their set from the side of the stage going like her voice is better than mine. Like, she can handle this. So I'm sure that he probably brought it to her and was like, hey, I think you could do this. Well, what do you think about helping us out with this? And, I mean, what are you going to say? Of course, like, yeah. So he does the, this is the part where he's switched. Like, he does the, the first part, the Cornell part, and then she comes on and does his part, kind of the second verse, and then, like, where she really pushes her voice in. Oh, my God. Her, she's, she's got some pipes. Like, she can she can destroy a crowd with that voice and it's it's special like this version too like it they go through the kind of the first couple of verses where it's just it's the more vocal heavy part of the song but oh my god when right after she belts that note out at the end of that verse the band just kicks in and 
the band just explodes into it like oh it's so good Dig me out because these words and guitar are just fucking destroying me. Holy shit. And that's a lot of Slater Kinney puns for, for one sentence, but uh, I, I can't help it because this is fantastic. Uh, she hits everything and, you know, they, they don't make them like that. She's top notch. She's an amazing live performer. And you got to think that 2003 the end of this tour they were kind of switching a couple of bands around they did the buzzcocks a little bit they were doing a, a band called sparta a lot mm-hmm. i think that might have been on the first leg but they were and and ben harper i think was doing a little bit on that tour as well uh but they were kind of intertwining a bunch of different bands here but you got to think it's so impressive that that they were just so impressed with with slater kinney that in 2005 they go back on tour with them in Canada. And again, it becomes one of those things where you can kind of expect it and you can kind of, you know, they come out with different versions. They come out with Harvest Moon, Fortunate Son, uh, Leaving Here, and a couple other songs that it they really kind of become a second part of the band. But one thing I do want to mention to you, I want to bring this up because we, we talked about Slater Kinney on a little podcast called Deprogrammed, which we'll get to talking about in a, in a, in a couple seconds, is a Modern Girl Top 20 Slater Kinney song. Uh, debatable. I think I think they – I like some of the different stuff. I, I love Dig Me Out. I love All Hands on the Bad One. Uh, the Hot Rock is really good. I think I prefer – a lot of their more like intricate kind of guitar stuff the where they have the like the guitars playing off each other really well modern girl is it was kind of a, a different sound for them on the woods so it's it's you know the woods is great i mean modern girl you know we, everybody knows it from the from the tag but as as a as a sleater kinney song it's not one that i go back to a lot okay you have so to you, you have know. to go listen to deprogrammed to find out you're gonna have to listen to deprogrammed uh, i might have spoiled it a little bit but um there was a little bit of tension and now for forever in the history of this podcast whenever modern girl or slater kenny gets brought up i'm just gonna have to just poke the bear just a little bit just a little poke of the bear just to remind you hey i can handle it. I, I, I i defended myself <laughs> You did. It's fair. It's all in good fun, but fun moment. And it's not the last that we'll see of her again. They don't make them like Corin Tucker. She's one of the best. Uh, But this two headed monster, how many heads does a monster have to have at the show? This, this just finish off the show with better man and alive. Two songs that really don't get main set treatment nowadays. Better Man usually happening in one of the encores, Alive almost always happening in the bread and butter spot. But 
Better Man gets kind of the pause with awe treatment, you know? The the crowd just energetic and, and letting them sing that part and letting them sing the chorus, like that is another one of those moments where you're just take it all in. You see the lights, you hear the crowd, like it's another huge moment like that. I mean, yeah, I mean what what can you say? It's it's better man than alive to close the main set. I mean that's it's probably a function too of like they knew that things were gonna get a little crazy later on, so like let's go ahead and get these out of the way earlier. So like sure. And again, you know, when you mentioned, you know, Sleater Kenny's gonna come back, you know, Sleater Kenny probably doesn't have a role in alive, right? That that that's not one that, that you're gonna no. bring them out on. So go ahead and, and get them get them out of the way now and then you can you can get into the other stuff. It, it definitely it makes the main set have a stronger finish than it usually does because what would you end the main set with here maybe like porch yeah, or yeah. something like that like yeah this is a really strong finish to to a very strong main set and leading into an encore one and an encore two that are just kind of it's stuff that goes out down in the their history as being some of the memorable stuff legendary yeah legendary type of stuff like yeah it just great moments that you get from this um one one thing that i do want to bring up though uh did you see ed trip on the stage during live i did yeah <laughs> i have a feeling there was, there was a couple of bottles he was a couple of bottles of wine in by that by that point okay. <laughs> he was probably pre-game a little, little bit during sleater kenny but yeah. again for a live like again mike goes immediately between the legs like there's the clip of him playing the solo down in between his legs like he's just having fun and and there's there i'm going to mention another one later where he kind of like shows up a little bit but it is uh you know like they were they were just having fun like they're in good spirits like we talked about at the beginning like they're they're not taking this too seriously they're just and that that leads to some great performances like i said they they're just rocking out Yep, night three, you guys, finishing off a tour. There's really, ooh, there's not much better than that. Uh, but we're here at the Encore, which means we're going to take a little bit of a break from the set. We're just going to give you a little bit of a breather because this this is where we get to the intense stuff. All we just mentioned, all great stuff, but this is the show right here coming into the Encore. So we're going to take a breath, talk a little bit about what we're doing in the next couple weeks to finish off the year, uh, some of the shows, some of the events that we have going on. And of course, it's all, you know, kind of dictated through our Patreon and a lot of the things that, that go on happen through over there. Last week, we released a couple of episodes, a uh, bridge school show from this year, from 2003, and uh, the release evolution episode as well. This was kind of a spike in patrons this week, so we have a lot of people to thank. So if you hear your name, Thank you very much for joining in on Patreon. It was a very strong week, and we've reached another milestone with with our group. We just keep growing it and keep growing it, and that's what we continue to press with this podcast. The more people that get interested in what we're doing, the more motivation that we have to keep putting out more stuff, to keep doing more events. And uh, we'll talk about an event in just a second, but let's let's get get all these thank yous out of the way because there's so many of them. Uh, first one goes out to Chris Riddell. From uh, from England, thank you, Chris, for joining in. Randy Cross. Randy has been uh, a friend of ours and has been to a couple of the trivia events that we've done and uh, and good friend over on Twitter. So thank you, Randy, for joining in. She's Randy with an I. I have to bring that up because she knows I'm not a fan of the Randy with an I. If you put it in for my name, I'm going to get a little mad. 
But if you put it in for somebody else's hmm. name, that's right. That's so, fine. So I can. I'm, I might have to poke the bear a little bit. No, there. no, 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 can, no, 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 no. That's uh, not a bear a that you poke. Back and forth going that's there. not a bear that you poke, my friend. <laughs> that's not a bear you poke. That, that, that's not. That's a different level than modern girl. Moving on, another longtime listener who has joined up, and you've probably heard his voice on our show before. Joey Goodsir, one of the young fans. Yeah, it's the yeah. The future generation of Pearl Jam, as I like to call him, and and you know he's he's a highly intelligent kid, and and uh, glad to have him aboard. The other people uh, that we want to thank: Joe Hofford and uh, Ryan Frank, both guys from Twitter that joined in. So thank yeah, you, guys, five absolutely. people. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. And yeah, I promised people that I would send them ornaments and. They're in the mail if you, you hmm. probably got them already. But, uh, you know, that it's again, it's part of what we're doing is, you know, we we do the stuff to give back. We do the stuff because it kind of keeps us that are doing it uh, out of the labor of love into, you know, continuing to just do these things because we know we have the backing. And, and you know, uh, who the hell knows what could be next? Like, you know, if we get this kind of support, the sky's the limit, you know? Definitely. So yeah, it just makes us want to do more and more. Exactly. 2021 could be a very interesting year. So we'll, we'll see what happens before we get to 2003. There is something that's going on next week that we want you guys to be involved with on the 17th. We are doing a little bit of a holiday party. Most of you that got involved, uh, we did a little gift exchange for people and that's all set. Everybody's got their gifts sent out and that's awesome. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to have Matt's band play. You guys remember Matt. He used to host this show a long, long time ago. His band is going to play. They're going to play a bunch of Pearl Jam songs and we're going to talk to you guys. We're going to, you know, have conversations. We're going to bring in other people that have done good things for the Pearl Jam community this year, you know, just sort of a celebration of just getting through this year together. That's what this is going to be. And we just want everybody to be there to just enjoy it. We have the guys from Black Circle that are coming, uh, Ronan Giovanni, uh, the author of the Not For You Pearl Jam and the Present Tense book is going to come, and a couple other people that, you know, you, you might have seen around, you know, stationed around communities or, or the groups on Facebook and stuff. So, you know, we're, we're just hoping we get a, a nice little turnout, and we're just hoping that, you know, this is a good send-off for a really shit year. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and, like, we haven't done one of these uh, in a couple of months, so it's going to be great to see everybody. I hope hope you guys can make it if you uh, if you have the time. And very important to note, if you want to come, anybody's able to come, just email us or send mm-hmm. us a message on Twitter, send us a mes- message on Facebook. Uh, the email is live on four legs. And the number four, live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. Just send us an email. Let us know that you want to come. What we're going to do is on the 17th, we're going to send you the link. We're going to send you the link because we can't post that to social media because you get these insane, just loser people that have nothing to do with their time that, you know, go in and, and, you know, dance, dance naked or whatever they do. And you just the, don't the want to waste bombers. time with that. Yeah. We want to the keep Zoom it, bombers. we want to keep it to, to people that, that we want to be there. So yeah, right. definitely. Like I said, send us an email and uh, we'll send you the link. Yep. So that is Thursday, December 17th, starting at 9 Eastern time. And uh, it'll go on for maybe an hour, maybe a little bit extra. I think we'll do kind
kind of two sets with the band. We'll do one set, you know, going from like nine to 10 o'clock. And then after 10 o'clock, uh, we'll kind of keep it open to, you know, the patrons and some of the VIPs that are there. So, you know, that's for anybody on Patreon. Just keep in mind, we'll kind of keep that open and, and it'll be a little bit more intimate after the first hour or so. So it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. And, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, any, I, I guess the other thing we, we mentioned next week is going to be our last around the world show, uh, with Toronto that we're going to be doing, but the week after that, we're going to be doing something kind of cool. John, do you want to tell them what we're going to be doing? Yeah. So you guys have, have heard us talk about this, uh, podcast called deprogrammed a couple of times. We mentioned it earlier in the show and, uh, yeah, like how, what happened was I had, uh, I had found this, this podcast a couple of years ago searching for for Pearl Jam podcast and it's a show that they they take uh, a few different people you take a panel of of uh, people and they try to come up with like a 10 song starter kit for a band uh, it's a great concept there's a, a really nice guy from Virginia called Justin Wilson who hosts it uh, he does a great job he's got a lot of stuff going on over there he's super nice uh, and so they did the Pearl Jam episode and they you know I, I disagreed with some of their choices to put it lightly so i and at the end of the episode he actually said like hey you know if if anybody's listening out there and wants to be on the show you know let me know send me an email so i had uh contacted him and said hey you know i found you through this pearl jam episode is there any way you know i'd i'd love to be on the show and so i got got to become kind of friends with him and been on the show a few times it's really cool they do all different bands but i've been it's always been kind of in the back of my mind like oh i really would love to to redo that pearl jam episode someday so We've, we've been pushing him on it, and we've been doing, running ideas back and forth, and I think we've come up with, with a really cool idea. Is what we're going to do, we're going to kind of do a, a a mega deprogrammed or a, a super ultimate deprogrammed, and we're going we're gonna to have some guests on, and we're going to go through all their albums, and we're going to try to come up with an ultimate 10-song favorite list most favorite best pearl jam song so it's going to be hopefully it's going to get a little contentious it's going to be it's going to be some good discussion and uh yeah it's gonna uh, hope you guys will all listen and play along yeah um four groups four separate groups we kind of bunch some of the albums together like 10 songs will be bunched with riot act songs or versus songs will be bunched with backspacer songs whatever it is uh can't remember off the top of my head but we'll be picking from groups of those songs and picking you know 15 of our songs and then it gets whittled down into 10 and then from Mm -hmm. those four groups we'll have a total of 40 songs and they'll be separate episodes so we'll have one episode where we get to do the four groups that'll kind of be the big episode and then the finals which will be just kind of picking our 10 of the 40 it's part game show like part music discussion so it it should be a lot of fun it's going to be fun we're colliding worlds and there'll be some people from uh from the deprogrammed universe there'll be some people that you might have remembered from uh past episodes on our show so uh it'll it'll be a lot of fun and uh yeah that'll that'll be coming right before christmas so look out for that all right Let's get back into Mexico City. Thank you for uh, tuning in for the commercials. We are back from a commercial break as Ed has an acoustic guitar and a harmonica and calls this song a request for the night. You've got to hide your love away. And it gets a really, really great crowd response. This is, you mentioned before with the lighters and, you know, kind of them clapping and all this. This was another really cool visual seeing 
you know, Ed from behind, uh, you know, that camera shot from behind Ed uh, with the guitar and seeing all the lighters in the crowd and everybody singing from the top of the lungs. What a what a cool visual is that, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was great. It's a good way to kind of get you back and ease you back into this little encore. I think we've talked about, you know, this era really opened up Ed doing a little bit more solo stuff and this was if he was going to do anything solo at the time this was usually it so yeah really really worked out well good performance and the crowd very very into it I don't I don't know what Mexico's relationship with the Beatles is but oh, the Beatles are worldwide I think they're, they're worldwide they right all over. Yeah. exactly so and this is a popular song everyone's going to know it everyone's going to sing along so great stuff great moment uh, and it builds into present tense, which is just present tense is really good. Yeah, and to, this to, is... to hear the opening of, of present tense here and that this number two slot in the encore is oh, it's the perfect spot for it. I think it really brought the show up to just that that super high level of of excitement that it had that whole main set. Yeah, you know the thing that I love about present tense in this version, I kind of specifically saw in this version you kind of get everybody has their own separate moment to kind of walk into the song mike starts the song out ed walks into the song and then a little bit into the verse a little bit you know going into the chorus you start to hear matt come in a little bit and then it's just them for a little bit and matt's kind of hanging out in the background but then Stone comes in with that acoustic, and you're like, ooh, boy. And once Jeff kind of comes in to finish it out, it rounds it out, like, right before they break it down, that's, it, 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 it's such a perfect build, and it's such a perfect blossom of everybody coming together and, and finding that moment, you know? Oh, yeah, it's it's one of their, like we talked about with Save You, this is, I mean, it's it's always been an underrated song. It's getting a little more recognition i think due to some of the you know the espn stuff and stuff like that where a lot more people are paying attention to it but yeah such a powerful version of a powerful song like it's it's again it's going to get overlooked in this encore because some of the other things that happened but in any other show this would be a top three moment for a no code song to be played in an encore spot like this it's putting it amongst the big boys like there was a time we talked about the nassau coliseum show they hadn't busted it out in 63 shows. Now, you know, it's gotten to the point where they've been feeling it. This is kind of, this is grown. This is the evolution point of this song in 2003 where they're like, okay, this is in our regular, you know, rotation now. This is it. Like, yeah, yeah. This it, can't be a rare song. Anymore. Yeah, it, it never it never had that moment where it kind of went away. You know, it would always kind of like pop up every once in a while. And yeah, oh, I'm hoping when they come back, I mean, Play this it every night, every other night, yeah, as much as possible, yeah. Yep, I I would fully expect that to happen, especially like you said, the Michael Jordan stuff, and uh, and not just that, but it's 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 such a it's such a meaningful song when things around you are just so absolutely fucked where you don't know what the next thing is going to happen is. So it, it's one of those songs that gets it gets you through the hard times. Oh, 
right after. And we talk about the evolution of elderly woman too, and how that kind of that weaves its way in, how it sort of starts as kind of just being the song that kind of sounds the same like it's on the album. This is this this is like the arena rock version oh, yeah. where it just feels full. You know, you get the crowd singing hello, but they're not pandering to that. Versions nowadays where, you know, they're they're asking for those moments, they put the lights on the crowd, things like that. Like it's it's a little bit of a pandering moment and it's a little bit of a get the crowd involved moment. They're not asking for this at this in this performance. But the crowd is giving them that. It's kind of interesting too to hear a small town with no acoustic guitars in sight. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, one of those like, like you said, like an arena rock, up tempo version. Anthemic. Yeah, it's definitely anthemic. And uh, again, the mannerisms, how how it, it is singing to the song, the d- demeanor feels a little bit more serious. Uh, it's a little bit more palpable. You know, you don't have those moments where. You know, he just he kind of embellishes the lyrics or waits for for the crowd to sing on a moment. Like, give me give me the song at its at its peak and let the crowd just do what the crowd does. Don't ask for it and you shall receive. Like that's it's perfect. Great moment. Great for the, this encore. Here is important moment number one from this. All right, Ed speaking in Spanish and mentions Johnny Johnny Ramon goes to his little flip phone and says uh let's let's make a phone call here oh 2003 <laughs> a little uh what, what was that uh what what was the popular phone in 2003 what was it um a motorola or a nokia motorola. or something yeah nokia nokia is the one yeah, i'm thinking of. something like that whatever phone he's calling him on he does reach him he picks up the phone johnny picks up and uh he says him all right it, they kind of practice this beforehand he's like okay when when we get him on, I'm gonna have everybody scream "Hola, Johnny!" And uh, you know they're able to get him on the phone. He picks up and he's like, "Hey, Johnny!" Hey, listen to this. Uno, dos, tres. Mexico City just said hello to you, Johnny. Buenos dias, he says. Buenos noches, Johnny. Okay, you want to hear? Uh, we're going to play Ramon's song. Okay. Yeah. He says to say uh, hello to all the fans in Mexico City. Esta canción se llama Yo Creo en los Milagros de la Banda Ramones.
you know, not to get all, you know, mushy about this, but that's the last chance he had to do something like that. Because a year later, we lose John, and it, you know, it, it becomes such an impactful moment for Ed because their relationship was so important, but it's kind of crazy that the last big rock show that they did, they were able to have a moment with John. And it's it's special too. I mean, you can see Ed's face light up when like he's on the phone talking. You know, like he kind of goes and he he kind of he kind of forgets that he's like a rock star on stage in front of twenty thousand people. Kind of goes into that like fanboy mode that we all have. You know, when, mm. you, when you're talking to someone, you know, with friends with heroes, and he kind of like gets this like kind of goofy look on his face, like hey, you know, like. He gets so excited and like yeah, it's 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 really cool. Like you can you can see in his face how he knows it's going to be a cool moment, and he you know he kind of does a thing where like tells the crowd to shush before like I want it to be a surprise. Like guys, come on, like we're going to surprise him. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's a great moment. Look, they we've talked about their relationship with South America and Central America, and like I think it's probably translated to Mexico as well. It, it's crazy how they've like we said with the Beatles they've just kind of they flourished and they're popular almost everywhere they're they're kind of like American pop culture no yeah it's universal rock and roll man absolutely so I've seen this clip hundreds of times mm-hmm. it never fails to make me smile and to know that they were playing I Believe in Miracles while Johnny's listening to them on the phone like boy is that just a cool just goosebump inducing moment and what else what else could you want from a rock and roll show? Just legends, just, just basically sharing their love for for one another. Yeah, and like I said, you get to see Ed kind of let down his guard and become just a fan. Like he's just talking to his friend. Yeah. It's such a cool thing that we don't get to see very often. I felt like 2003, and really since the Rock and Roll Hall and Hall of Fame induction, a lot of what Ed tried to do during that time was keep you know keep Johnny's name out there keep his legacy alive and, you know, pay tribute to him as much as possible. All right. So we get in one last goodbye. He says adios to the crowd, hangs up the flip phone and uh, stone gets a little birthday present, breaking out the Gretsch. And here we go. We have a red hot version of black here. I think this is this is a little bit more than that. You want Mike to take over in versions of black, take center stage with just all of his power, and he does it. And the while Mike is doing his thing, there's such a great visual in this. The rest of the band all huddles around Matt. Yeah. And you just see them all, and Ed is just bobbing his head, and they're all feeling it. They're all, you know, just getting the energy of that moment we talked about that that berlin show that version of red mosquito where they all kind of gather together 
and soak in the moment and it takes a couple extra extra measures to get back in the song that's sort of that's sort of what they're doing here they're feeling such a big powerful moment and they know that after something like that where where they just spoke to Johnny Ramone and the crowd is fired up about something so huge how are you going to pick that back up how are you going to do something that is going to get the crowd back into the like this is holy crap you're hitting them with a ton of bricks here with a McCready solo with all sorts of emotions it's part of the moment it's part of being able to feel the energy yeah and it gets a huge crowd response to maybe the biggest roar of the night to this point is for the beginning of black you know this crowd was was ready after everything that they'd gone through they they knew this was going to be a single and this is one you know going back to the very beginning that everyone knows and the, the crowd absolutely takes it at the end and there was actually a cool thing at the end i noticed too i don't know that i've ever heard before is jeff actually doing the the baseline of the lyric like he's actually following the the vocal line with his baseline and i never even i don't think i'd ever heard that before it was kind of a cool thing at the end but oh my god like like i said we've been on a great run of blacks and this is just added to the list like fantastic yeah yeah and going back to kind of talking about the lighters this is another cool moment another cool visual all the lighter lights when everybody claps they all flicker right <laughs> did you notice that yeah it's oh yeah i mean wow we we take that stuff for granted now because everyone has a light on their cell phone but sure yeah for for 2003 that that's that's special like that's not something you see all the time no no and mike is doing a little flamenco strumming that's that sounded really good yeah. over yeah. over boom stuff so there's a lot of little intricate moments from this performance that just sound absolutely fantastic kind of a nod to those bridge school versions we've been talking mm-hmm. about it sounded a lot like that encores are big these encores are big moments and uh you know you're really starting to feel that's 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 an emotional moment you're starting to kind of rev them back up now you you kind of brought them down you're going to bring them back up here and ed introduces the band you know does them all he kind of gives everybody a chance to get their their ovation to themselves you know he'll he'll do boom boom gets a huge ovation he'll do stone stone gets a huge ovation and and uh and introduces uh introduces them with their their instruments in spanish and uh says they'll never forget these shows in mexico and wish they never have to go back which gets us in to a little bit of an improv here
transitions right into that I, I, wow it's just it blew me away oh yeah rearview mirror again just just explodes when you go into the verse you see you see mike just thrashing around on his side over there even just during the verse like he's not even soloing he's just losing the shit over there on his side it's unbelievable and i mean again we get these the show's so interesting because you get these these little t- mini two song little runs you know we talked about you know evolution and the save you uh you could say that you had four you could pick any one between corporate immortality wishless even flow you had kind of hunger strike into into better man into alive you have like the, these little runs of songs and like this black into review mirror to end this encore is oh my god it's perfect and uh, another long version of review mirror like it starts off kind of kind of standard for if you can then this <laughs> Not to put it down, that standard review oh. mirror is better than a lot of things, but then it goes off into somewhere really strange. You almost like don't even recognize the the song halfway through. Yeah, it, but it felt like it kept getting bigger and bigger as they kept building it. It felt like one of those triumphant kind of anthemic 
uh, versions of Rearview Mirror that we talk about, and it really takes on the identity, mostly of The Who, when it gets to be those moments. I don't know if you got that from this, but whenever they just keep building and building, I just keep thinking, that's that's Pete right there. That's how Pete does. That's how that's how his, you know, atmospheric, you know, electric sound just bounces off the walls. It's tailor-made for a show like this. I think we've used the word anthemic a couple times in this show, but it's it's that kind of show. It really just is. Oh, and at the end, you hear Mike just smash his guitar to pieces. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's Yeah, you know, it, when when he does that, he's, he's feeling it on another level. Just to, to have that, like, the only thing I can do right now is just smash this guitar. It is that kind of night. It's a final night of a tour. It is that big. It's that important. Yeah, they're feeling it. And you know that they're going into Encore 2 pretty juiced up. Yep. All right. You ready? This is the party. We're ready to go. Here we go. Yeah, the mariachi band comes out, and uh, it's pretty fucking hysterical. think i've ever seen anything this goofy at a pearl jam show before i don't want to call it cheesy but like they make it cool because the performers are really cool and and seem like they're really into it and the band gets really into it playing with them but you would think at first like a mariachi band coming out that's not really their style right like when Mm -hmm. do they do anything like this oh yeah never and we we talk a lot of times about you know when when it gets to alive and rocking, we'd all like this is kind of the party atmosphere. The party's on, but this is an actual party that breaks <laughs> out on the stage. This is not just we're not that's not just a metaphor. This is an actual birthday party that happens on the stage. Yeah, this complete with entertainment and sna- and party snacks and everything else. Like they, mm-hmm. you just see them kind of just milling around on the stage while the the, the acoustic band is playing. Like they're just kind of hanging out, having a party. Like. Again, another thing where they just kind of let down their guard and just you get to see a side of them that you don't normally get to see. Did you notice Stone? Because the camera's on yeah, Stone a lot yeah. during this. A little stoic. He's pretty deadpan at first. A little stoic for, uh, for a birthday party. <laughs> yeah. But then he starts to just realize, like, okay, you guys got me. Like, this is pretty freaking cool. This is pretty good. Mm-hmm. He cracks. He gets into it. He starts dancing. Uh, one of the mariachi guys gives him like a medallion of some sort right. what was that something around the neck yeah i couldn't tell what it was yeah and uh the band while this is going on is playing las mananitas which i believe is the happy birthday song in mexico right, right? yeah the, the crowd eats it up they they love it. love it love it and it's it's great and did you notice too the one of the one of the mariachi guys does the behind the back acoustic guitar so it, it rears its head <laughs> yes. again he's like he probably yes. saw that and was like hey i can do that too like i said <laughs> it, it's not that hard 
No, but it's yeah. it just goes to show like they could have gotten any mariachi band and they probably, you know, wouldn't have been comfortable on that kind of stage. But whoever they found, they must have yeah. done a lot of research to find guys that were like, yeah, we can play in front of 20,000 people. Sure. sure. Why the hell not? Yeah. And yeah. like they were entertaining as all hell. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, you'd talk to the promoter and be like, hey, find us some guys, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, we get a little medley here too. Like they're they're not done. This is this is more of a party. We say happy did, birthday. I do want to say though, I did miss the horn section. It's it's not a full mariachi band because you don't get like some right. of the trumpets and the trombones, some of the stuff there, just the acoustic songs, sure. but still very cool. We get a little medley of, of La Bamba and Guantalamera and the crowd eats that up. Ed uh Ed tries to play with them at first. <laughs> And he kind of can't keep up. I don't know if he'd just been drinking a little bit. He's just like, I don't know what the fuck you guys are doing. I don't know what the fuck you guys are playing. But yeah. he tries to play La Bamba kind of in a punk rock style and only gets just like a few licks in. And that's that's really when the, the, the main guy does the behind-the-back Hendrix style. got his guitar and it's like he's in just in practice like he's trying to lean over and like see where the guy's fingers are trying to like what what, what note is he playing what chord is that and he's right. kind of strumming along and like they've got acoustic guitars and he's got an electric guitar so he's trying to be very quiet not to like drown them out but you can still hear it and he he eventually does just start drowning them out it's kind of funny um but yeah he just starts kind of playing along like just la bamba's just three chords i mean everybody you know i learned la bamba when i was a kid like the richie valens version from you know kind of the late 80s thing so I, I memorized the song back then. So, but yeah, he's kind of like he's kind of looking at Matt, like trying to get Matt to like, hey, come on, like let's let's, let's play along, let's do the thing. And like after after the band finishes, they kind of do like a little one minute punk rock version of La Bamba. It's pretty funny. Just a vi- the visual of Ed just trying to be punk rock next to these <laughs> this mariachi band that has probably been doing their thing for 34 years, or however long they've been doing it. And, like, just to see that next to each other. It's just like, this works. I don't know how this works. I don't know why this works. But this yeah. seems very fitting. For this the whole thing is, and again, it's the whole thing is so good-natured. Like, they're having a blast. The, the, the Marachi band is, is just laughing. They're, they're playing to the crowd. Like, they're doing the whole thing. Like, it's, it's, it's all just so fun. It's just, it was just nice to watch them having fun. And you notice when the Mariachi band leaves... And they go back into, like you said, doing a little bit of, of the La Bamba where they, they uh, do a little Blitzkrieg bop. Mike can't be outdone. So he goes and 
he starts playing behind the back and he's like, well, if he's going to do it, I'm going right. to do it again. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it just, it's all in good fun. I think the whole thing happening on Stone's birthday is just icing, no, no pun intended, but icing on the cake. And uh, yeah, you know, you get the chanting and, and it's such a great atmosphere. We, uh, we do a little, how old are you now? Uh, 37. Since it's my birthday, I get to sing to you, people. It's sort of, in a strange way, a punishment. This is not like one of the famous mankinds in history that are like, oh man, they were really on for this performance. And like, who cares? This is this is like, I don't know. This feels like the state college version where they're just like, okay, we need more songs to play. Fuck it, Stone will sing, and it's sort of starting the Let Stone Sing movement here mm-hmm. is kind of starting with these kind of shows because they're not playing this much outside of No Code Era anyway. So, and it just, who cares that they're not playing it to perfection, that it right. doesn't sound that good. It's a fun moment because you know that they're not going to ever bust it out. Did you notice Mike during Mankind? I feel like he did. He, so during the solo, he kind of looks over at Stone and starts finger tapping during the Mankind yes. solo. He kind of looks that. over at him and laughs like, ha ha. Uh, we're yeah, I can do this to your song too. It was it was kind of kind of a fun little moment. Like looks over and kind of taking the piss out of him a little bit. Like, okay, you, we'll, 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 I can I can play on your song. We'll, I can we'll be having some fun here. But yeah, it was just a cool moment, just kind of showing off a little bit. But yeah, I mean, again, like you mentioned, it's it's rough mankind, but those are even better to some people. Like I, you don't mind it. Again. How many times does Stone get to sing? How many times has it played Mankind? It would only be played 10 more times in the cool. 17 years. Right. Yeah, so right. this, is, this is pretty damn rare to get Stone to sing. And how many times have they played Don't Give Me No Lip? Probably 12, 13. Mm-hmm. No more than 15, maybe. So, yeah, it ain't happening too often. Has to happen on Stone's birthday 100%. So just continue the energy continue get the crowd just singing along and and positive energy coming coming right through and and uh they they do the turnaround to the back i don't know where when or where that started from but i feel like this is very early on in the turning to the back and playing for for behind the stage crowd and uh getting last kiss out of it yeah, you know what? I think you that's a good point. I wrote that into because what happens is you the lights can't find them. Like they don't have a setup where they I don't think they knew this was going to happen even cuz like normally if you you plan this out then you're like, "Okay, we'll have a we'll have some stage lights back there so right. that they can see you." But in this one, like Stone stays to the front and it's just Ed, Jeff, and Mike are behind 
uh, Matt playing to the back, and like, there at first I thought it was weird. Like he's in the why is he in the dark? Like that's that's strange. But then it occurred to me this might be one of the very first times because you know Keely or whoever's running the lights is probably like, where did they go? Like I I don't have a light over there. So yeah, this is I think one of the first times. And and now you have to think you know and later on that you know they continue doing this on and on and on, but. Now they're so prepared for it that Matt has an extra kit just to turn around and play yeah. and face the, the back of the crowd. I, I, I've I've probably been in the back just as much as I've been, you know, in the front facing towards them and seeing them play like Elderly Woman and, and Last Kiss to the back and stuff. Like they're they're just like okay, just turn around and it's and it becomes an intimate moment and gives something for everybody. I feel, I feel like you saw everybody in the front with all their lighters. How many people are back there? Well, maybe a thousand or two. You get them juiced up, you get the rest of the crowd that's already juiced up, and then you get three more songs in the set that just are just fucking, you know, mind melters. It's even more of a party than it was before. Right, yeah, everyone's having fun. I mean, you start to see, they start to show some of the crowd, and you see the faces in the event. They're, they're just having a blast. Like, they're they're yeah. singing along, they, they're, they're, having, they're having a great time. To get a song like Last Kiss, you know, it, one of their one of their songs again. Everybody knows we talk about it. How, you know, it's their most popular radio song, or whatever. But yeah, it's just this is just fan service. Bring the party to everybody. That's that's the best way. That's the best way to put it. So you know, and obviously, if you're gonna invite everybody to the party, you might as well invite the opening band too, because they're there and they're three incredibly talented in, individuals. So. Bring them out. They're going to play Leaving Here, which I've I've commented before on versions of this, and uh, I won't I won't go too in depth. Uh, you know, look, it's not my favorite Slater Kinney pairing that, that that they've done. I'm more I, I like when they do Hunger Strike and Rocket in the Free World, but Leaving Here, I, I'm just I'm not even going to go there. The environment is so fucking good, and it's so fucking fun. That just seeing them, you know, doing the monkey and like dancing and jumping around and, and having fun with the band, like there's there's nothing better than that. Like they, right. they feel like they're the little sister band to them, for right. sure. And and which you mentioned too, again and to go back to the PJ twenty book, I think Corin mentions that they well they come out in matching t shirts, like Pearl Jam t shirts with like looks like condoms stuck on the front or glued to the front or something. I think she mentions that in the PJ twenty book, uh, that they had gone they, they were walking around before the show and they were like tons of bootleg t-shirts and stuff like people were selling like all these kind of you know off-brand you know whatever so they ended up buying these and, and just wearing them so they all come out in like matching t-shirts thing it's it's really funny it's kind of funny you mentioned the bootleg shirts because in this show both stone and mike are wearing pearl jam shirts yeah you never see that never ever and i'm sort of thinking to myself i've never seen those shirts as tour shirts before where where do these come from are these other bootleg ones that they saw were they with slater kenny in the parking lot did they buy something as well because the shirt that stone has is like the riot act crown but it looks like there's a dog instead of a skull Hmm. i don't think i've ever seen that yeah and mike's has kind of like pearl jams down the down one side of it kind of like a little font and everything is it's definitely not official. Like I've never seen those 
on their on their website before. Yeah, I gotta think that these were just someone someone was printed out and was selling, you know, for twenty bucks outside the venue or something. Right, yeah. There's again, last night of the tour, sure. Everything <laughs> all, everything all anything goes here. Right. Exactly. So leaving here is good and of course they're gonna stay on stage because rocking in the free world is just the moment where everybody can now grab an instrument. Uh, Janet gets to kind of play on the drums with Matt a little bit. Carrie gets a guitar. Corin gets a whole verse to herself. Come the luchadors too. <laughs> Boom has a freaking Ultimo Dragon mask on. I can't get that image out of my head because it's just—it's hysterical. It's so—it's hard to explain for anybody that's not like a wrestling guy. But there's you know the masks, all different masks mean something to the lore of, of Mexican wrestling, and and the mask that Boom was wearing had has a dragon scale going down the back of it, which was a signature for a famous uh, wrestler named Ultimo Dragon. And it's it's cool to see the worlds collide, you know? They, they're, they're bringing that together, and it's kind of crazy because what I didn't know from, from reading more stuff about this is that some crew members, I guess, got onto the stage, and they were wearing masks too, and, like, Matt got off the drum kit and somebody got on uh, that we couldn't tell who it was. So half the band isn't even there anymore, and you don't even know. Yeah, they like they're again like I think Ed brings out masks for everybody. Like, and then yeah, halfway through, I think the the techs come out and start playing. Like you see you see the makeshift Iron Maiden shirt come out, you know, behind the front. You see Cameron go out. He's hanging out on the front of the stage. You're like, who's playing drums? But it's, it's a drum tech. You see, I think Jeff is going back and playing, helping out on drums. He's hitting on some toms. You're like, who's playing bass? And then it's, it's just some, it's like the bass tech guy. Right. And then, yeah. like, yeah, there's, it's a whole different band <laughs> that comes in. Like, they're, yeah, they're, they just like, well, yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of done with this. Like, they, they just, <laughs> the, the band wants to go party and they maybe, you know, had it's Mike and Stone probably snuck out to have some cake, you know. It's also a good moment for the crew, too, because how often does the crew sure. get to do something like this? Yeah. 2003 was such a big, long tour. How many dates were in 2003? Like 70, 80, if you include, yeah, like, the Australian, right. Japanese shows? All these guys, like, it's it's a thank you to them and saying, like, you're as much a part of the band as we are, you know? I, I think it's been stressed before whenever they do, do talk about their crew members. Like, they're all kind of like family. Yep. Absolutely. And, and I, I do want to give a shout out to please go watch this video because it is hilarious. It's, yeah, it's I, so I, I do want to mention Ed and, and Coring doing the, the coordinated tambourine kicks at the end. <laughs> that was oh, just chef's kiss perfect. Yeah. 
Corin Corin doing that whole verse though. Yeah. Oh, so good. Good, good God. Yeah. And Carrie, uh, I mean, like you mentioned, rocking out on that guitar. I was at first like, you see Janet and you see Corn. I'm like, oh, where, where's she's got about there? And then you see her over on Stone's side with a guitar and she's just, yeah, just tearing it up. Yeah, it's great. How else can you end a tour? You have to end it in the biggest way possible. We've seen that at other end of tour shows before. We've seen you know big stuff happen. And I'm thinking like 2010 when they ended at MSG and, and how big things happened on that night. It felt like a party. But for it to be Stone's birthday of all people and, and them to celebrate like this, it just it, it's another meme. It's another it's another special thing to, to get thrown out there and, and, uh, and to go back on and, and enjoy from, from this band's uh, catalog and legacy. So you'll you'll never forget stuff like this. And, Ed kind of prompts everybody for one more. We say goodbye to the crew. We say goodbye to Slater Kinney. And, of course, we're going to get Ledbetter to, to close out the show. But this is coming on three hours now. This is a two-hour and 50-minute show, and that's just the YouTube clips combined, which they don't really account for too much break time. That That's all, that's all show right there. Right. That's another important thing. Like we, we mentioned before, the, the importance of 2003. The shows are getting much, much longer. Three hours is not that that's that's like starting to become an average instead of like, whoa, they hit three hours. It That's now starting to become the thing. Yep. It's definitely the beginning of a new era to get everybody singing along, saying goodbye. You know, we saw earlier that tour, uh, how nobody wanted to leave the Man- Mansfield show, the last show before they came back into Ledbetter. Like, that's what this has turned into. And it's your good- goodbye moment. It's your so long to the tour moment. And, uh, yeah, er- everything since I Believe in Miracles from this show was incredible. And deserves such high recognition in this band's history yeah oh and i mean how how are you, how else are you gonna end it bud led better like ending the tour i mean yeah. mike mike sends them home happy it's great and then you get ed just grassy 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 all around the stage like thanking everyone yeah. it's yeah it's a it's a great moment this is a this is a great show yeah and there are eight or nine truly memorable moments oh at least yeah so what do you think are the three you can go with favorite you can go with the three that you know maybe should get the most recognition so what are the three to Mm -hmm. you that should be highlighted the most Mm -hmm. yeah this is tough because like you're no matter how you do it you're going to leave off something really cool and really important um yeah for me i'm going to go performance based i'm going to say got to go with wish list like we talked about again, such a cool thing for Mike to even go back, you know, eight years later when they did the book for him to remember that when those lighters start going an awesome moment. And again, like talked about the improv, the solo wishlist 2003 is perfect. One of my, one of my favorite versions. So that's number three. Oh, number two, this is tough. I got to go rear view mirror with the intro and, and miking the, the whole breakdown of it, the bridge smashing the guitar that was something that when I was watching it made me kind of sit up and take notice. Not that I wasn't, but that's that's got to be on there. And then with apologies to everything else, but, I mean, number one's got to be, I believe, in Miracles and then the Johnny Ramone call. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, again, that was the last chance to have something like that. Yeah. 
and it's absolutely the number one moment that everybody's going to remember from this show. And even, even to my surprise, you know, before really doing the research on this, I was sort of thinking to myself, I'm like, this, this is the show, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is the show where they do that. You sort of kind of forget that it happened in Mexico because it just, it becomes one of those things where you remember the moment, but you can't tie it to what, which show it is. Um, But, you know, I, I feel like that's part of what we're trying to do here is, 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 is be able to, to tie those moments together and make sure that we do remember the show along with the moment. So yeah, that's, I'll go the other two here. I'm going to say black is my number three, uh, because just the visuals of that and, you know, the emotion that came off of, of miracles there, like the crowd was just feeling so much energy. We saw it with the, with the lighters and everybody clapping along to it. Uh, Mike doing the flamenco strumming, everybody gathering around Matt, like, ah, man, that is such an important, important song for them. And out of what, 550 times that they played it live, there are maybe like a hundred that you can say, all right, you can weed them out, which is saying a lot. So yeah, number two, I'm torn between two of them. I'm going to give the nod to Stone's birthday party since you didn't add it in. I think I'm going to add just this, the birthday celebration, the mariachi band, Las Mañanitas, uh, La, La Bamba, Guantalamera, every, everything, yeah. and trying yeah. to... And trying to to one up the the mariachi guys like it, there are five six guys in the band. How often do you get a birthday moment? I think Ed's birthday is coming up pretty soon. His birthday is a December birthday, and they never play near Christmas. So no, yeah. that's that's not going to happen. Jeff's birthday is in March, so yes, yeah, sometimes yeah, there's maybe. that famous one from I think ninety two or ninety four where they had ninety five. I think was there a pretty there was one. one. Yeah, they brought a cake um, and everything that turned into a party, but. Yeah, yeah, it I doesn't think that's happen Australia very often. 95. Yeah, uh, Mike, I think has had a birthday moment. Matt has, yeah, Matt's had a birthday moment because his birthday was the end of November, and I think people were just talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like at a Portland show in 2013, they had a party for him or okay. something like that. Yeah. Sounds so right. yeah, so but again, it doesn't happen very often. So to to just to just being able to get that is is just fun in itself and uh yeah it's it's totally obvious number one is i believe in miracles like that's it's johnny ramone man he's he's a freaking legend and he is so vitally important to what this band has done uh and you know how he's influenced this band is 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 just you know personally to to ed there's almost no match to it so again you don't get that that moment never happens again so yeah yeah very very important but uh this is this is a really interesting rating here because i think that we can kind of get to give it the bump it deserves because i'm i'm gonna go right ahead and and give this the double digit treatment Mm -hmm. this is a this is a 10 Mm -hmm. this is absolutely a 10 show and you know maybe it doesn't get more of a blurb in PJ 20 book. Maybe it doesn't get more discussion around the forums or things like that. It fucking deserves it, man. When a show is a good show, it needs to be part of the rest of the good show. Put it, put it in there with all your Philly and MSG shows guys. 
Yeah. So when we were talking about doing this one, you know, I, you you think of Mexico City 0393 and you, you hit those moments. Like I remember the, the Johnny Ramon phone call. You remember the Stone's birthday stuff. You remember the Sleater Kenny stuff. But I knew so I knew this was going to be a, a highly rated show. But then as we got into it and we, you start listening to it and you start thinking about like, oh, like I mentioned, like this could have been like a catalyst for them to go into South America in 2005 and to kind of like stretch out into that region. And we know what the, those shows became and what those fans are like and how much that means to them. And yeah, for everything that we talked about in the show and, and the performances are amazing. So many good moments. The set list is near perfect. All the stuff. Yeah, this is this has got to be a 10. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Absolutely. Great. I wasn't sure where you were going with that. I thought you were going to like pull a mat and be like, but, you know, Corduroy had, a you know, just a little bit of a tech issue. So six. Because <laughs> <laughs> somebody on Twitter actually did. I, I posted the set list on Twitter. I'm just like, here, here's what's coming up. And they were like, you know, Las Mañanitas wasn't really played that well. Like, what are you talking about? Who cares? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a freaking party, it's, it's man. It's a different thing to different people. Yeah, if you're people listen to for different things, but yeah, taking. I mean, this it's so important. And again, these end of tour shows are, are always special. And this is yeah, this is a top top twenty five, top fifty show in their history. Absolutely deserves to be. Absolutely deserves to be up there. So that's it. We did Mexico, guys. We got one more country left. And that is Canada. Can you believe this? Do you want the live on four legs stats for Canada, John? Let's do it. How many Canadian shows have we done in 109? I think this is officially the 109th episode. Oh, it's got to be like it's got to be 10 or 15, right? One. <laughs> we have done precisely one Canadian show in the 120 some odd shows that we've talked about one Ottawa of 2005, yeah. a very good show. Yeah. And if it pro if it weren't for Patrick bagel, we probably would have zero. <laughs> we would have gotten to a Toronto one at some point, I would think. Right. Yeah. yeah there's some but, great ones. So we are going to, to make good. That's that's one of our plans for 2021 is to make sure that Canada has more representation because we know that the Canadian fans are out there. And we also know that we want to get more Canadian fans on board with this. So hopefully that this next one from next week, Toronto, the binaural show from 2016. Look, I, I think it's a really it, – it's kind of cool because the way that we started off the year was with not the first show that we did from 2020, but Greenville right. was like right at the beginning. So yeah. it's kind of cool. You're, you're, we're going full circle here. So Greenville was the first full, full album show from 2016. Binaural was the last one. And I think Toronto was really the last spot during that whole leg of the tour. So they did both nights, but this is the night one show that the binaural album happened at. So we'll, that'll be a nice little one. I think, was it a couple years ago that we did uh, – we closed out a year? I think the, the last show of the year was, was Moline. So that's yeah. kind of been a trend. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be great. You know, get to talk about a lot of songs we don't usually talk about. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Yep. Rival, Parting Ways. Slide of Hand. Forget. Yeah. God's – we haven't talked about God's Dice in a oh, long time. Oh, love it. Love it. Can't We're going to have to spend a couple minutes on God's Dice next week. Yeah. Yeah, that should be great. That should be fun. Looking forward to it, you guys. So – 
Binaural next week. Also next week, the day after Binaural, will be the Pearl Jam Zoom party. If you want to come, send us an email, live on fourlegspodcast at gmail.com. Everybody's invited to come. We're going to have fun. We're going to give gifts. And uh, we're probably going to give away some stuff, too. We'll find a, we'll do like a, a guess the set list or something like that giveaway. We'll we'll find something to do. And uh, maybe we'll have a, a cool little announcement or two to, you know, get you guys excited for 2021. So a lot of good stuff to be excited for. And uh, let's just close this one out because we had a party and we're tired. We want to go to bed. So this may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already. And I miss you always. Do us a favor. If you like the show, go ahead. Rate us on Apple. Rate us on Spotify. If they have a rating, follow us. Subscribe to us. Uh, comment. Let us know what you think about us. And uh, we're always looking for feedback. And we're always looking to communicate within the community. So Hit us up, let us know what you think, and uh, give us that five star if you can. And tell the people, tell them what we're doing. And uh, we'll see you next week. For sure. We love you, Stone. Adiós.